I'm not great, Matt. I'm not great. <laughs> still smarting. I'm still hurting. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel for you. I was very much very chuffed for you when Gary hauled that eagle putt after being in the cabbage off the tee. Um, I thought it was his to give away, um, and, and give away he did. He did, yeah. What Can I ask you a question? As a pretty crappy golfer myself, what was that swing on that 17th bunker? What was that? Oh, it, I don't know, truth be told. It just looked like a horrendous misread of his lie. Almost yes. He thought he was coming from directly behind it, because it was a weird one, right? It half popped out its club mark. But it's as if he thought he could literally just clip it and there was barely any sand. And I mean, sadly mistaken, right? But with the tournament on the line, he's got to give himself a putt there. Surely got to give himself a putt. But I'd even go back to the tee and 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 why eight not iron. just go for the heart eight of the iron. green? He took an eight iron, which is absolutely nuts. You'd rather take a longer club, right? And at least give yourself of a course. back on. Yeah. Um, um, Easy in hindsight, right? But like you say, whether the eight aim was perhaps the right player if he was aiming about thirty feet to the left. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler did it perfectly right behind him, just hard as a green, um, no drama, just just safe, safe, be safe now because you've got the tournament, you've sung the eagle part, you've two holes to go. If you keep those at par, it's doubtful that anyone's going to catch you, and just. Oh man, Matt, that was that was painful. That was that yeah. was what uh, that would I would count that amongst my worst beats ever. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Gary. You know, I was watching him, knowing that so you was right. And yeah. I think he managed that Sunday better than virtually anyone else in the field. He never really threatened the hole. He was hardly pin seeking, but but he hit an awful lot of greens on the safe side, and then he hauled a couple of putts to go along with it. I was. Yeah, it's it feels like Gary's Gary's back, but it's so cruel for for backers like yourself to for them to struggle off the tee, haul a putt like that, and then the very next swing just to throw it all away. It was yeah, it yeah, was painful to watch. I, uh, I mean, the, the the shot he hit on the sixteenth to get there on two was unbelievable. I mean, so yeah, Gary's. So what can we take from this? Okay, I'm good. I'm trying to get past it and move on and be be the bigger man. You know, there are golf beats and golf beats, and that was a real kick in the nuts, that one. But anyway, okay, let's let's move on. Um, the the shot was brilliant on the 16th um, to get him. Got Gary's back game is back. Yep, he's he's just played two of the toughest courses in the last two weeks and finished in the top five in both. So he's back. So that's that's interesting. Uh, and and uh, you know that that going forward. You know he's a very you know very talented player. So I'm very happy for Gary Woodland. I'm happy for me. I got two places in the last two weeks at decent odds. Should have been a win last week, but hey, we'll take that. Can I also? Can we just also now talk about your your mate Chris Kirk? My God, this guy oh, two weeks in I a mean, row. This guy is horrendous. I mean, he he's not horrendous around the, on the putt. He's not. He's not. He's actually a good putter. But my God, this guy burns some edges. I mean. He 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 could have won this tournament, Matt. Do you know? Yeah, he could. Um, I mean, as a man who's watched Chris Kirk play an awful lot of golf, he's he's got that consistent makeup. Where I feel Florida Florida golf is is his thing, uh, and he plays really well here. But I mean, if he was running next week at um, at that famous race course down south, he'd need blinkers or headgear or something, wouldn't he? Anytime yeah. he gets close to the lead, you can almost see it coming. Like he starts to get twitchy. He's just, he's not playing the same golf. So while, I mean, he's running, he's come fifth, hasn't he? Two weeks running. Yeah. Running some lovely place money, but yeah, I can't, I can't have him as a winner. As much as I love his game, I can't have him as a winner for anyone's money at the minute. I really worry. I think if he's to win, it's going to have to be a barnstorming round on Sunday um, and finish about an hour before the leaders um, post the number and hope for the best. His, his approach lines are sensational, mate. Yeah, they've been good for a while. He's been yeah. trending, and he's, he's he's despite popular kind of Twitter opinion on a Sunday, he's not a terrible putter either. No, he's not. One strokes putting. It's yeah. just he does miss the short ones. It's five feet and in. You need to be worried about. But yeah. Again, yeah. Like he's yeah. in top five, Tita Green, in a field where really there's enough good players for him to have no right to be top five, Tita Green. So I mean, he played better than Scheffler, apart from with the putter in hand. So I mean, it is what it is with Kirk, isn't it? I think. I find his price this week interesting. Yeah. Um, I was I, hoping I looked, for I, a little I, bit longer. I paused on this price too. I looked at this price too and thought, that's good money. 
you know. Um, Especially with his form, right? Like, yeah. look at the trends of all the players who have done well and finished well here, have had decent finishes on their last start and a top five within kind of the recent memory. So he ticks a lot of boxes. And he's obviously a confident golfer until it comes to being under the gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's just recap the tournament. I mean, this is the second tournament that Scotty Scheffler's won in quick succession. And you would argue, devil's advocate, that both of them... They didn't necessarily play the best golf to win, but he, in, in some ways, he did play the best golf to win because he was the most consistent. So, I mean, uh, he it wasn't. I, I'm not taking this away from Sheffield at all. He absolutely deserved to win. He was he was brilliant and and fair fair dues to the guy who's been knocking on the door for a while, and he and he deserved the win because you've got to make the least mistakes on the Sunday. And he's he's looking pretty hard as nails in terms of he's got a good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You say that, but I find it interesting that actually he made a lot of mistakes on Sunday. But well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Of, he doesn't necessarily play the best golf, does he? You know? Yeah, five fairways he hit on Sunday. Five at yeah. Bay Hill with the rough that was like that. And I think what impressed me the most and why he's going to be that guy that you don't want chasing you down very, very soon, um, that he just is kind of clutch, right? Like, And it's a ridiculous thing to say, but he's won twice in three starts. First, seventh, first he's come. But he needed to hit some shots to to get on with the lead and avoid the playoff. Um, it was the par five, wasn't it, where he put it in the bunker, hacked out into the rough, then put it behind a tree. Like, but he he has enough about him to learn that he's he's a sensible golfer, right? He knew that, and I think he said it in his transcript of his interview afterwards. He could have gone for the green from a very dodgy line. He thought, you know what, I'm going to back myself from 80 yards to get up and down for par, and yeah. he did. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do that at his age, knowing that the tournament's on the line. That's that's kind of maturity well, well, beyond his years, isn't it? And it's gonna it's gonna win him some tournaments, more than a few. I don't. I don't yeah, I, I'd even take it back a hole before that. When he got on the par four, he drove it awfully and got stuck right behind the tree. And he tried to toe hook it around the corner in the rough. He got he got it caught and and only advanced the ball about I don't know ten meters, um, and. So he so he was hitting third shot out of ankle high rough um, and 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 played a, a very nice shot um, to get up onto the green, but still was was you know I think he had about I don't know maybe it was fifteen twenty feet for the par and he drained it, you yeah. know. I've never um, seen it. I remember it. Maybe I'm getting my holes confused. I was no no because you're you're right there. because then afterwards oh. on the par five. He did the same thing again, not quite as bad, but he also hacked his way up on the par five and escaped out with a par. On I know mm. this very, very well because I'm watching this, going, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it, where you almost like like Cantley, right? Not so long ago, you're almost expecting those twenty five footers to go in. Yeah. Like you yeah. just, yeah. And, and to be fair, a fair play to him, right? Considering that maybe six months ago, everyone was thinking of him as a, a non-winner, right? Someone who threatens but never really gets it across the line. I mean, yeah. I always change some people's thoughts of him. Um, and yeah. all credit to him, he's got very, very short prices in quite esteemed company. But I could not have been more impressed by Scotty, even though, like you say, it wasn't mercurial golf he was playing. No, it wasn't. But no. he absolutely knows how to get the job done, doesn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and you could say that as as you alluded to, Matt, um, with those five fairways found. Six, I mean, he had to rely on other people uh, ballsing it up a little bit uh, on on both wins. But um, uh, yeah, and less said about Gary the better because that was just <laughs> man. That well, I'll, I'll tell you, Matt. I'll tell you um, that that was I didn't sleep very well that night. That was tough, <laughs> you know. I can um, only imagine, and and, uh, I, and I didn't get the comp, the family didn't get much conversation from me the next day. <laughs> you know, I, bet you were, yeah, I mean, I was the kids were the kids were sort of, uh, Mum, why is Dad so sad? <laughs> <laughs> if only they knew. Yeah, only yeah. They knew. I mean, I'm not quite that bad, but I had enough kittens about. I had a shocker of a week. Sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say, you know what, I didn't do well that week, but. Of all people, Matt Fitzpatrick three-putted the last, I believe, um, or didn't get up and down for par from the last after making about two bogeys across two days, um, hit the fairway on 18, and then dropped one shot out of the places to make it a, 
a bit of a wipe of my card last week, so that stung enough. So I can only imagine how you felt with having. Yeah, Gary. well, it hurt, yeah, well, it's not. It almost doesn't hurt as much if you blow your shot, uh, blow your load, like a uh, blow your bolt, like early in the week. You think, oh, well, okay, I'm out the back door, and and I know you said to me you had you 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 got Chris Kirk, uh, you know, uh, as a sort of an in run run bet, and you know that was a good a good look at that one. But when you go early, you just think, oh, well, okay, um, so be it. Uh, th- when you get that close and you get the hit the lead and then he double bogeys and bogeys, um, you, yeah, you you yeah. you begin to get a very um, close relationship with um, you know the the, the golf punting gods, you know. Um, <laughs> you, um, you, you, you begin to think you begin to think that that they are taking a personal interest in in fucking with you personally. You know? <laughs> yeah. The golf gods giveth and the golf gods taketh away. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Very so close let's just, yeah, that, that's a very good way to finish that. So let's park that there and, and I swear to God, I'll, I'll move on one day. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, Scotty Sheffield wins it with five under, uh, even, even, you know, par final round. This, this man, these two golf courses the last couple of weeks have been tough, haven't they? Do you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Terrell Hatton, wow, that was a fantastic final round. He finished um, tied second, three under for the final day, which was a good score on this course on the final day, four under for the tournament. Terrell Hatton, he looks like he's dialed back in. With that swing of his, you, you know with Hatton, if he's in, he, get, he looks dialed in with his irons and, and he looks dialed in. So, I, you know, that's someone to think about for this week. Wow. I, I thought long and hard about Terrell Hatton this week, just quietly. Um, Victor Hovland, this guy just keeps on popping up. But he has, think, think about Victor Hovland, eh? He's, he's either brilliant or awful. And and uh, and he had a pretty pretty forgettable final day. Finished tied second on four under, but really at the start of the day, I mean he was very strong with the bookies too. He was in the lead on you know uh, teeing off. He you know he looked like it was just basically a procession, but didn't work out like that. And that's the thing with Victor. Sometimes it doesn't. But I still love watching Victor Hovland play. I'm a big fan of Victor Hovland. I love him. Um, so he yeah, he played. He finished very well four under. And then and to finish out the tied second. Billy Horschel, a guy that I never back. Do you ever back Billy Horschel, Matt? No, and I don't think I ever will. No, I'm the same. I don't know why. I just don't. He's just someone I will never back. Um, but he, but fair dues to the guy. The guy can can play. There's no doubt about that. Four under for the tournament, three over the, for the final round. So he also had a pretty awful final day uh, and uh, and finished tied second. Then we moved to Gary Woodland, tied fifth, three over, three under for the final round, one under over for the uh, for, three under for the final round. Three under for the tournament, one over for the final round. Chris Kirk, three under for the tournament, even par for the final round, tied fifth with Gary Woodland. Then Lucas Herbert, who probably shot the round of the day, uh, two under for the tournament, four under for the final round. Uh, so, you know, that was a that was a really good effort. Um, Taylor Gooch, who, man, talk about bad rounds. That guy started. If you were on to Taylor Gooch, you would have been reaching for the whiskey bottle pretty early because um, his, his start was abysmal, and he actually came back pretty well. But he finished two under for the tournament, five over for the final round. Uh, Sam Burns, uh, he played well considering um, he had one, one under for the um, tournament, one under for the final round. And, uh, you know, I, I, I noted his, his um, uh, final day. Matt Fitzpatrick, once again, Matty Fitz, this was one of your picks, wasn't it, Matt? Um, yeah. One under for the tournament, one over for the final round. Just another sort of average day. So what what was your thoughts on any of those golfers or any others for that tournament, Matt? Yeah, I found Tyrrell was an interesting one, like you say, because I, I, it was interesting this week, um, but it was just such complete polar opposites because you're absolutely right. He, he was sticking approaches and he was electric with his irons on Sunday, but actually he was fairly abject on, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. I mean, you can look at that two ways, can't you? You can look at that being really inconsistent or you can look at it as he's not played a lot of golf lately. He shook a bit of rust off and he's he's getting into his prime just about the right time. And you mm. can't be impressed by him when he finishes mm. like that. And one thing we know about, about Hatton, right, is that he's going to hold putts when he needs to. He's an excellent putter. And that doesn't really change no matter how poor he's putting is. Even that day on Saturday where, I mean, he was effing and blinding at all sorts of cameras, wasn't he? Mm. Despite that being an absolute horror of a round for him, he's only losing less than half a stroke putting and all the other rounds he's plus two plus three mm. so he's always going to have that so if his irons are indicative of an improvement and back to the level that we know we can he could make his price look very small this week i think 
Um, yeah, I, I, I do too, Matt. I've actually stuck him in my fantasy team because I actually th- I, I think the la- the latter of what you said. I think, uh, the, as you say, he's was sticking them close all day Sunday, and I just got the feeling while I was watching him, I thought he's he's found it. He's he's found it again. Hatton, he said, the last time he was on a really good run of form, he said, "I spent a few days with my dad, and I found something in the swing, and we worked on it, and it was just automatic. I just I just knew I was going to sit them all day, and it looks to me like he might have." found it again but only on the Sunday as you say Thursday Friday Saturday was nothing to write home about uh, but I would be I would if, if you're an in running better uh, I would watch Terrell Hatton this weekend because all this week because I think that if he shows any kind of any kind of semblance of that kind of form where he looks like he's in the zone with his irons he could be a very dangerous man on this course because it is an iron an iron strikers court bull strikers course so yeah uh, I, I i yeah i i think um i think terrell hatton was interesting any any other thoughts matt of any of the rest of the field <laughs> it's not going to surprise you that i want to talk about tom hoagie yeah go on then i found so basically the reason i was following tom hoagie is not because he is my idol in life, um, I promise. But it's because <laughs> I put a bet on on the exchange on that Wednesday, and I come. I was doing some back to lay stuff and just trying to win some free bets, basically backing players I thought had contract <laughs> back to, and I completely forgot to lay him off. Um, so it was kind of more exposure than I, than I'd like. Mm. And imagine kind of my horror when he is opening nine. I think he was seven over, six over on his. Mm. Opening nine, so I've I've got far too much liability, really. But considering he literally on his first nine holes, he went double, double, double single to start with. He was eight over before, like I think it was about twelve holes in. He was eight over. He finished on five over. So across the latter kind of sixty-four holes, he played some of the best golf of anyone. So. I think it's really interesting because I saw him battling back and I was like, he has absolutely no chance. But I was at one point really bemoaning what he did on Thursday because he very much bookended his um, he bookended his, his tournament because I think he shot 78 on Thursday, then 69-69, which is about as good as anyone across Friday and Saturday. It was fantastic. And then on Sunday, I don't really know what happened. He had a bit of a mare, but I couldn't help thinking if he didn't have that eight over on the first 12 holes, he'd have been a right royal price after um, if he'd have shot even two over to shoot 69-69 Friday, Saturday. So I'd had a real juicy layback number. So it's kind of a frustration out of absolutely no reason. But just another example of Tom Hoagie playing some elite golf. Um, it's not really a place I'd like to back him at, truth be told. I just thought he'd shorten a bit from about 130, 140 to one I got. But I thought I might get a layback opportunity. But mm. he's played some excellent golf at a course that does not suit him. So just I just like Tom Hoagie. I'm really impressed by him. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. Well, I mean, I've you know, as I said, I've seen the light on Tom a, a long time ago. I I, I I like him. I'm 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 always watching Tom. I'm always keeping an eye on him. And I, as I've said to you. He reminds me of a young Raymond Floyd. I think he's got a great stance. I think he's got a fantastic swing. I think he's got a great game. I think he could be another Sam Burns or an or you know, or you know, I think he could be a star and in about another year or two. I, I, I think he'll I think he'll start racking up wins and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a major or two in there either. So um you don't need to preach to me about Tom Hoagie. You I'm converted, mate. So yeah. Anyone else you like to look over this weekend or the last weekend? I'll be honest, I spent most of my weekend kind of bemoaning, bemoaning the fact that my golfers were, I'd just slapped it in reverse. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'll talk a bit about him now because he's someone that I really considered for this week and I've opted not to. Um, and it's Northern than the world number one, Mr. John Rahm. Mm. Um, what sort of, what, what do you think what, let's talk about him and hey, that's actually something really interesting. We, we both, I said to you at the, I said, this field, last week I said to you, and I quote, doesn't John Rahm and Rory McIlroy stamp all over this field? And we thought, you know, we both said, yeah, they should do, but they didn't, did they? You know? They very much didn't, no. I think it was... And Rory McIlroy, I mean, Jesus Christ. I I, I wouldn't... I can't bet... I won't bet Rory McIlroy. I, I, I haven't for years, and I won't. And, and every time he plays on a Sunday and stinks to join up, I go, that's why I don't back you, Rory. 
Do you know? Yeah, I've 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 blinked a couple of times with Rory this year because I thought I thought we could manage to find a way to get him over the line, but I I, I feel for me Rory has too much of a tendency just to play silly shots, silly shots in that are just too aggressive because. I mean, sometimes it pulls off and it's fantastic, but it's the sort of shot that, uh, I don't know, a Morikawa or a more considered style of golfer is just not going to play. And I think for Rory to win, he needs to learn to manage his game a bit better, right? And I know far be it from me, bloody 20 handicapper, trying to tell Rory McIlroy how to play golf. But having yeah. watched a lot of it, he takes himself out of tournaments sometimes, completely yeah. of his own accord. Yeah. Um, and then we we get the lovely run, don't we, on Sunday sometimes where he's attacking, he's six under, but there's no stress there, right? There's no pressure on him. He can go for every flag and hope for the best. And everyone's, I love it when the broadcaster like, well, if he eagles this and birdies the next three. Oh, no, that drives me out of my mind. We're, the we're, fascination we're, with him is just... Oh, Sky, Sky, Gulf, Sky Golf is just... I have all sorts of issues with Sky Golf. The, uh, I'm not even going to start on it. Just uh, 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 the quality of the commentary at times makes me just wince. But the but but the fascination with Roy McIlroy when he's six over par and 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 playing like me, just I just think, guys, there are other people to be watching. You know, um, yeah. it's. I mean, he's he's very much the the the. the Kind of that the poster boy, isn't he? He's the person that yeah. And I like yeah. Rory McIlroy. I think he's. I do too. Really I do too. I, lo- I, lo- I love his quotes. He he said he 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 bitched and moaned about the course this week, and then actually um, he had a really really good interview. I like him because he's really he's really honest, and I'll tell you I've actually got it here, and I want to read it to you because I thought it was really good. He he said, um, and just bear with me. Um, yeah, here it is. He said. Uh, uh, words to the effect of uh, here it is uh, the guy said I wanted to revisit your post round comments from Sunday is it frustrating to you when maybe you're asked about certain conditions you're asked about a course and explaining gets misconstructed publicly as maybe complaining because he was very very moany when he came off about the course on Sunday and then Maury McElroy said this was today this uh, quote uh, I was probably complaining laughter I, it wasn't misconstrued. I was definitely complaining. Yeah, unless you were out on the golf course, you wouldn't understand in a way. Look, it's just, it was the same for everyone. I certainly get that. But there was a lot of alcoholic beverages being drunk in the locker room when I went in there on Sunday afternoon by a lot of players. So it wasn't just me out there having a rough time. So, you know, at least he's got the honesty to say, yeah, I was having a bit of a bitch on, on Monday, on Sunday. But but then he did say, as as he said, it was tough out there, and all, and there was a lot of beers being drunk, obviously in the locker room after by golfers going, man, that was tough. So I I, I like Rory for that. I I just but I would ne- I just can't I wouldn't back him. Couldn't back him. You yeah, not not the prices he's going off at the minute. And, and what about Ra- and what about Ram, Matt? What do you think about Ram? So I mean, he was. It's something I've not really seen from Ram because John Ram is a good putter. He has been a good putter over the last couple of years. Yeah. But right now, he is, I don't know if it's the yips. I don't know. He just hasn't got it. I think you can take the the cartoon of him whiffing his putt from, what, 18, 12 inches or something aside, right? That that has happened. It's a one-off. It'll probably never happen again for him. But he just can't seem to find a putt. And I was thinking about it, and I was looking at his stats, and he pretty much leads the field on at Bay Hill. He led the field pretty much in tee to green, in off the tee, and in approach play. John Rahm, and he's not even hit the frame, which is such a weird thing. And I imagine it's probably driving him absolutely nuts because he knows how good he is at golf. Um, and I realised he's got the uh, he's got a switch of putter, hasn't he? He's been since he went from TaylorMade to Callaway. He's mm. used a different putter now. He has used that new putter. Um, he won the US Open with that putter, so he's hardly not used it well. But I have, I was having flashbacks. Do you remember he used to use the tailor-made spider, the yeah. big mallet putter? And I yeah. just had visions of him when he beat DJ in that, was it Riviera a couple of years ago? Yeah. Um, and DJ knocked in a 35 foot and he rolled one in. And maybe it's just optics, right? And what I remember. But he seemed to be a much more confident putter with his old putter. And whether it's a, whether it's a gear thing, a, He's obviously gets his he's sponsored by Callaway now, so maybe that's affected it. I don't know, but he just can't buy a putt. However, mm. we know as as golf betters that that putting's a a bit of a fickle mistress, right? And mm. 
wing both ways just the just as easily um where something like ball striking is much less likely to and you need to see a bit of an improve um there so i've really considered him for a long time this week i was going to punt um somewhere in the region of four to five points win on jod ram because i think this course is made for him especially if the forecast stays as it is it's mm. going to end up being lift clean and place um i can't see any other outcome if the weather doesn't change and John Rahm is the best player in the world by a stretch at target golf. So maybe that would change, make it easier for putting as well. So for a long time, this was going to be a very short picks for me. I was just going to go with John Rahm plus maybe two. I've not because I can't trust him with that putter at the minute. And although I quite like his price, he's he's gone of the single figures that we've seen the last umpteen times he's turned out. I mm. just can't trust it to go that much stake-wise in this quality of field. But that said, it would not surprise me if he ran away with it, if it stays um, nice and damp for him. But there you go. John Ram. I'm fascinated where this goes from here onwards with him, going into major season. Yeah. Uh, I, I really hope he gets it back because golf is a better place with John Ram in a good place. As nice as it has been not to worry about him just taking every tournament down, I guess, for the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's been out the back of the field, is it? He's he's been in and around. He's just not as he, I I quite agree with you. He, he man, this guy is juice and parts far out. He is he has been pretty unlucky on the greens uh, and and also some of his iron play. Some he has not been sticking as close as what I think he would probably have liked to be. So, yep, I'm I'm glad I've been steering away from Ram because I I rate him. In court, I mean, God, what, he's world number one. Of course, he's brilliant. So. It's just, yeah, uh, he's on a little bit of a dry spell. He's, he's had a baby and all that as well. And he's got, I think, he's got another one on the way. And uh, so, you know, I mean, life is not exactly bad for him. He's, he's been playing pretty good, but he's just not been, he's not been, it's, it's like a, a, a 190 shot in the horses, isn't it? You know, he's, he's not been playing to his odds. But, uh, you know, that, who's to say that that won't happen this week? And it's interesting that you alluded to the weather. For me, this week, um, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't pick a short price player. But if I was going to this week, this course feels built for Colin Morikawa for me because it's, I mean, he's such a, he's different gravy with his irons. And and if this guy gets, you know, away and off to a good start, and the weather doesn't do too much, um, and it becomes an iron, um, you know, an iron based course, which it always has been, uh, Morikawa could 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 strip this field beer, you know, I, 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 but I won't take him because he's just not enough money for me. But uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. I find it really interesting. They're almost the same price. Ram and yeah. Ram, they're almost right? the same price. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. I don't, maybe it's just your inherent kind of understanding of odds, right? Because we've not seen that for ages. You've seen Ram, what, two thirds of the price of Morikawa. So yeah. now the same price. If yeah. I was going to bet my inclination, as much as I love Colin Morikawa, you know that much. Yeah. My inclination would be to go straight to Ram, and maybe yeah. that's kind of not the right thing to do. But it's kind of where I'd be, I think, despite not backing either of them this week. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the actual course itself. So the Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass, the unofficial fifth major, as they say, uh, a fantastic course. Three courses in Florida now, all really tough tests, and this is the third, and just as just as tough as the other two. Uh, it's a 7,189 yards. It's a par 72, four par threes, 10 par four, four par fives. Uh, Bermuda greens overseeded with power and bent grass. Uh, the architect is the famous Pete Dye. Uh, any course that Pete Dye uh, creates is a serious examination across every part of a golfer's game. And that's why the historical cut line at this course is won over. So, you know, once again, like PGA National, uh, and Bay Hill, you know, it's a plus. It's an overpar cut line. Uh, this is not a birdie fest. You ha- you can't bomb your way around here. You have to think your way around here. You have to position it. You have to put it in the right place off the tee, and then you have to stick it in the right places on the green. Otherwise, you're in you're in bother. So it it really is a um a, you know a, a thinker's course, a strategist's course, and uh, and then if you get foul weather coming into the uh, equation, then all bets are off, you know, it just becomes who's who can cope with it best. So, you know, it's a, it's a great course, um, and I'm really, really looking forward to this. I'm sure you are too, Matt. Uh, you know, we, we really are looking at um, 
we really are getting into the business as father of the Concord say it's business time so we are um uh, you know we are really now getting into the into the nitty-gritty of the season uh, a, a top flight field the best golfers in the world um and some great odds looking down to the, you know the field in the last few days and looking at the odds you know you've got your usual suspects at the top but there's some real value down the field as well so uh without any further ado um i'm going to hand it over to you matt and i'm going i want you to tell me who you like at the players and why yeah so i'll start off by saying i'm disappointed it's going to rain because I was really looking forward to seeing a firm and fast sawgrass. I think there's not much of a better test in golf, mm. um, especially with the sheer runoffs around the greens and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, it's meant to rain from now onwards. Um, and unfortunately, that's encompassed with thunderstorms too. So it would not surprise me if we end up with a Monday finish because it's just meant to thunder all of the time um, for the first couple of days. So I'm disappointed that we might see some target golf with lift, clean and place because I think unfortunately that lends itself to the top of the market because the best iron players are at the top of the market and i think that might mean that some of my picks may do better i think because of that but also it'll discount an awful lot of the field for me um and you only have to think back right some winners around here you had siwoo at a mad price we've had stephen ames fred funk like all at silly 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 prices and i quite like that about the players that you've got the majority of winners, especially recently, have been shorter prices, but thrown in, you get the odd or really strange name who's won from, from absolutely nowhere. I always quite like that, knowing that we both like long shots now and then, that we can have our shorter price golfers and the most likely winners, but then there's that chance of a shock as well. Mm. Um, I think I have a theory this week, and I didn't maybe intend to follow this theory, but a theory it is, and happily virtually all of my golfers, apart from Brooks, who I'm going to talk about in a minute, follow this pattern. I think the early wave on Thursday is going to be the beneficiaries of a big draw bias. So it's meant to rain a lot. Um, obviously, they've got the sub-air um, stuff on all that tech at Sawgrass, so they can air the greens out, but that's not going to happen immediately. It does take time. So if it rains, that will still affect things. But there's meant to be wind on Thursday, and it's meant to be windier on Thursday than Friday, but less so in the morning than the afternoon. So in my head, if you get the early wave on Thursday, they might make their scores before the worst of the wind comes and benefit then from the rain overnight and the less strong winds the next day when they're playing in the afternoon, which is it is historically and will always be the case. It'll be a bit trickier. Um, last few years, there's been quite a draw bias. Um, apart from one year, that AM, PM has been the wave to be in. So I've kind of opted for that a little bit just by coincidence. But it kind of made my mind up on a couple of golfers. So AMPM for me, the wave to be in. Um, and I've stacked that a little bit in my DraftKings lineup as well. Okay. Um, and I'm convinced that I'm going to win the Millie. So I'm <laughs> a rich man next week. No, no, you're wrong. I'm going to win the Millie, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've put a lineup together and I cannot believe how good it looks on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling strangers in the street, honestly. I only um, think, Matt, I only think that every week. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'll be whinging as about four of them miss the cut There's on Friday. A, but... I, Matt, the, 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 that, that, that fantasy golf stuff is. That would drive you to drink, wouldn't it? Because there's always one golfer in your team that just bullses it up and you think, God damn it. Why did yeah. I choose that I mean, guy? You know? I'm semi-retired from uh, fantasy sports just because I'm too much of a dreamer and I, en I enter all the ones that have barely any payout structure and yeah. just like winner takes all and then I end up losing all my money and having less to bet on. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm semi-retired, but when there's a chance to win a million dollars, I'm back in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Back. Anyway, to the picks. We yep. digress, don't we? Um, number one, it's a Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I really like Hideki round here. Um, he's got a decent record, um, a couple of top 10s and a top 20 in his last five appearances. I don't mind that at all. And he's been at a bit of sneaky form. He's gone 8th, 39th, 20th. But what I like about Hideki is that he's got that all-round game. And I think if it is lift, clean and place, you can trust his irons more than most. Mm. Um, he scores quite well in bogey avoidance as well, because obviously there's an awful lot of water involved around here. Um, but I'm always quite impressed by how Hideki manages his game and he knows himself. And I think he's got an all-round game. And I was surprised he was 30-1, to one, to be completely honest. Um, I know it's a 
it's a packed leaderboard, so you're going to get a bit of extra juice. But around that price, you've got Scotty off a couple of wins, fair enough. But Xander, Berger, around that price, I'd take Hideki over both of those, um, especially at a ball striker's course. So not to say they've not got a chance of winning, but I really like Hideki at 30. I've not I've backed him a couple of times this season, and I'm quite strong on him. Um, so I've had a couple of points on him. Um, the next cab for me is my favourite bet of the week by quite a distance. I honestly can't believe the disrespect that they're giving to Joaquin Neiman. Um, part of it might be me smarting by not being on for his win at Riviera. Um, but I just think recency bias is such an odd thing in golf. That was only a few starts ago, um, and he hardly disgraced himself um, the time after that. Um, but he's gone sixth, eighth and first. Now, he did miss the cut after Riviera, but can we forgive a, a chap in his 20s for missing a cut after, after a win? I'm sure I can. Um, and his figures are just pretty much the best in the field. When I looked at some metrics that I think are really important here, and they're ones that we use most weeks, right? But you look at his approach player, he's fourth in this field. His Tita Green, he's number one in this field. And Scrambling, he's number four in this field in the past three months. So that recent form suggests that he should be way higher up in the uh, in yeah. the market. Um, and I, yeah. I said at the start of the year to him, to you, Craig, I think he's an excellent golfer and I absolutely believe he was going to break into that next level. Um, and he still will for me. And I think he's won in that elite field at Riviera. So why why is he 45 to 1 when Scotty Scheffler is half that price? And again, I'm a massive Scotty fan, but is that is that a, does he twice as likely to win as Neiman is? No, not no. Sure. I, I agree with you, mate. I, I I couldn't agree with you more on Neiman. I think you did right. Yeah, but I think maybe he's not that household name yet, is he? Despite the win, he's not quite as um. I, I don't know. Quite not no, quite. I, as... I I think you did right. I think he could be the best value all week. To be yeah. honest, I'd maybe yeah. like to quote um Rude Hullet. He's not a sexy golfer, is he? It's not. <laughs> It's not sexy football. He's not quite that name that you think, oh, yeah, that's going to knock 10 points off his price. So, mm. Neiman, I, I would love it if he went in. Mm. Uh, however, not as much as I'd love it if Will Zalatoris went in. I mm. got disagreements on Twitter today. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's been, I, I've been following some of that thread that you've had with a few people who were just saying, are you joking? You know, um, Because as we know, what is the problem with Will Zalatoris? Uh, is anything around five foot around the hole? He is uh, very shaky with that putter. So come on, mate. Why, yeah, why would you know he's shaky with the short ones? But he's 50 to 1. 50. Yeah. I could not believe the price. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yes, I know he's not a good putter, right? And there's a, in fairness, everyone who spoke to me about it on Twitter, they made good points that they can't trust him and that actually it's it's not about the numbers. It's about how much you can trust him under the gun on Sunday with a putter. And I agree, but he didn't exactly not haul a few at the Farmers, did he? Yes, he missed one in the playoff, but he, he, mm. he put enough in the bottom of the hole. And I think he's not a good putter. And he's lost 0.4 strokes per round putting in his last three starts. I'll take that this week. If he loses 0.4 strokes putting, as long as he hits the ball like he can, I think it can make up for it. And actually, 50 at one is a nice each way price. It so, is. It if, is. Yeah, it is. Even if he's not quite going to win, I, I just like this course for him too. Yeah. Um, he came 21st on debut last year. Yeah. Um, you don't need me to quote ball striking figures for Will Zalatoris. No, the kid can play. There's no doubt about I've that. Heard it he before. Yeah, he's not been great last couple of times out, and I'm frustrated with him. I wanted him to do well last week, but I kind of feel like I've committed this far. This is the week where everyone seems to be getting off him, and I don't think I could live with myself if I jumped off and he, he romped home by having a, a game strokes put in week. So, yes, it is a bit of a risk, and it hasn't played well, but I think he is a ball striker's ball striker. And this is a course where good shots get rewarded. So as long as he can get to somewhere near even for losing and gaining strokes put in, I believe that he can find enough off the tee and with his approach play um, to go there. And I think sometimes what holds him back more than putting is, is around the green game. He is a little bit whiffy with the air uh, chipping around the green sometimes. Um, but with the shaved areas here, um, and the runoffs, he can put around the green, um, similar to what we saw Stuart Sink do at Heritage not so long ago. He just decided anything around the green, I'm not going to chip, I'm going to put. Um, and Will Zalatoris is a good lag putter. He's much better at longer distance putting than he is from close in. So I have faith in that regard for him. Um, and like you say, it would give me a right royal sense of satisfaction if he did go in here. Um, but... I'm, I'm willing to keep going. I will keep knocking on that door and hope he goes in. Yeah, well, I think he's good money at 50 to 1. Yeah. 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 Um, 
The next pick is I'm not really going to say anything about it other than it's just a wrong price. Brooks Kepka. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people on Twitter this week saying he's the wrong, being the wrong price. Yeah. yeah, it's a big event. Brooks, someone, I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week and someone kind of was talking about it's not about if you think they're going to get a score low enough to win the tournament. It's if you're going to think, if you think they're, they've got enough nerve to hit the shots down 17 and 18 that they're going to have to under the gun. And I can't think of anyone I'd rather hit a shot under pressure, I don't think, um, than Brooks Kepka. I know it's not a major, but he's got a good record here. Um, the the course form of every elite golfer here is a wash with missed cuts. It's just the nature of sawgrass, right? It's Ooh. a high variance course. Um, and Brooks is 56, 11, 16, 35, his last few appearances. But that's enough to say he's comfy with it. Um, he did a, he had a missed cut, but he's come third. Um, was it a Phoenix he came third? And then he was 16th at Honda. But he was 16th at Honda because he could not find a putt to save himself. And again, I trust Brooks Kepka is decent at putting and his ball striking he is. is excellent at Honda. Yeah. So yeah. that's not enough to put me off. And actually, it's enough to encourage me um, that he's, he's hitting the ball really well. He just needs to find the bottom of the hole. And I just, Matt Fitzpatrick is a shorter price generally. Um, they're, they're, about, they're about the same, to be honest. But Matt Fitzpatrick, I know I backed him last week, <laughs> but Matt Fitzpatrick has never won on the PGA Tour um, or in America full stop against Brooks Kepka, who is kind of the elite of elite golfers in terms of mindset. And there's someone who you want at a course where there's pressure. It just doesn't make sense for me. What uh, did you get Kepka at, Matt? 40s. Okay, yeah. Because I think he opened at 50s and now I think he's down to about... 35s and 30s so yeah you know, you know so getting still, him at 40s isn't bad yeah. yeah he's still available for he's one place as far as i can see Eight oh okay okay that's good um, okay okay at least he was this afternoon but he's gone in at the place i backed him with um yeah but yeah brooks kepka just a wrong price for me yeah um, yeah yeah a lot of people have been saying that this week yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'll, I'll finish off with a couple of quick ones because i realize i'm talking probably a bit too much um gary woodland i didn't finalize this until just before we came on, um, because I was umming and ahhing at him at 60s, 11 places, but they pushed him. He's now 80 to one, and yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's, that's just pushed it a little bit too far. And it's yeah. eight places rather than 11, yeah, 20 odd 20 points extra. Um, I'm more than happy to have a have a little go at that. And well, he's I'm, finished, so he's finished in top five the last two tournaments, so why wouldn't you? I mean, you? it's it's yeah. it's He's come because I think he blew up, right? And it's one shot. That's all that's cost him the tournament. Yeah. That one shot yeah. has probably cost you 30 points or gained you 30 points than he would have been if he won. Yeah. Um, and he's been hitting the ball pretty well. He's come 12th there. He's come 30th there. There is a few missed cuts. But I saw something in him. And to be honest, Craig, I have you to thank half the time because you often say things that kind of stick with me and then I'll watch it a bit more closely. And I think everything you said about Gary last week, um, on top of what I saw... And the way that he approached it, he had almost like that woodland strut again, didn't he? At mm, yeah, that's what I'm seeing, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a man that looks happy in his life and in his game again. Do you know? Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree with you. And it, that difference between being close to 50 and then being 20, being 80 to 1, that's significant for me. And it gives yeah. more than enough juice to, to have a go at 80 to 1. Yeah. Um, the last one for me this week is going to be our old mate, Tom Hoagie. Um, I just think it's an overreaction. Um, absence, perhaps, uh, makes the heart grow fonder, right? And he's not played last week, so he's out of sight, out of mind. He's around golfers that he's just objectively better than at this price. Um, he's collapsed a little bit. I think he's about 100 to 1 now. I'm going to take him at 125s. I'd... That's that's crazy money for a Tom Hoagie. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. just with his yeah. recent form, um, again... He came first, then 14th, miscut 30, 32nd. But like I say, I was impressed, apart from the the bookends of his round at Bear Hill. He hit the ball really well, putted quite decent too. Yeah. Um, and he's another one who might benefit from putting rather than chipping round the green. Um, he's a little bit yippy under the gun. I just think that is a cracking each way price for Tom Hoagie, knowing how well he hits the ball. Um, and maybe yeah. this isn't the best course for him, but with approach figures like he is, um, I, I don't doubt that he's got enough ball striking ability to do well at Pete Dye tracks. He's got patches of form at, at various tracks. The RSM he played, played well, didn't he, previously um, before Christmas. 125 to 1 is worth a couple of quid of anyone's money for me. So it rounds off my card with Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I, I think Tom Hoagie, 125 to 1 is mad money because I actually do think this is a good course for him because um, you look at the past winners, Jim Furyk, you know, uh, 
Brian Harmon came very close here to winning last last year. Tom, what what one thing Tom Hoagie is not is long off the tees. Well, he doesn't need to be long off the tees here. He just needs to make sure he gets it in the right spot. Tom is two things. Tom is not long, and he can be a little bit a little bit wandery off the tee. If he is driving at well, which he has been in the last um, few weeks, he's had a win. He's had his maiden BDA Tour win, and all of that. If he's in the, in the in the right position off the fairway, then then it's a different game because his irons are class. He, he's he's one of the best ball strikers going around right now. He's he so I think I think he could you know is it just depends with Tom if he gets it off the tee well. If he does, that hundred and twenty five to one could look stupid. Uh, so no, I I think you're you I think you're right on. I think that's a really good shout, and um, I'll definitely be watching him. Um, all right, I'm going to give you mine. Um, so uh, my bet, uh, my first bet is Cam Smith. He's currently twenty eight to one. The Star Sports. Um, I don't love that price, and and that is as bad as as about as short as I'll ever go. But but I'm going Cam Smith because you know the guy has matured into a really world class golfer. Peak die tracks always put up a big emphasis on your on your approach game, and and Smith has one of the finest approach short games and approach games in in, in the game in the world right now. His putting is sensational when he's on form. So I, I I'm I'm just hoping that he. The only thing is a bit like Hoagie, Cam Smith either drives it well or he drives it shit. So I'm hoping that he drives it well, uh, because uh, I I think if he does get it into his good zones. I think Cam Smith is uh, is a good shout here. He's, as I say, I don't love being twenty eight to one, but I think Cam uh, Smith has started this year strongly. He, you know, he's had he's had a win. He's he's. I, I think this guy is maturing into one of the best golfers in the game, and I think over the next couple of years you'll see that. And I think that um, he could get off and, and play very well here. And um, and and I think that the, the reason he's twenty eight to one is because the world. The golf punting world is caught up to his quality, and I can't ignore him. I'm, I'm going to go with him here because I think it, you know if if he gets into position A with his with his irons, he's as good as anyone out there. My next pick is Gary Woodland. He's currently at fifty five to one with Star Sports. As galling as I found the capitulation last week, he's two for two for me in the last two weeks, um, and and in the first week especially. Uh, you know, he had no form to speak of at all, but I just had the little bell in the back of my head going, this guy is, he, he it was an interview he gave a while ago saying, I'm finally back. I can, I'm not feeling pain in my hip. I can swing the golf club and I'm back. And I could, I, I, I'm so relieved I could cry. And I thought, wow, that's a, that's an emotional interview. And, 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 and you can see it. And as you said, you've picked them, you know, you can see it. Uh, and he showed it uh, two weeks ago at PGA National. He showed it at Bay Hill. He should have won at Bay Hill. He didn't. I'm not going to, you know, as much as it broke my heart, I'm not going to. I'm not going to desert the guy for that. And it, and at 55 to one, uh, you know, for me, I, I just think you, know, you got him at 80 to one. I think good, great, good pick. Um, I, I I just think I'm, I can't I can't ignore him. I'm not going to walk away from him uh, because he 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 he. he, he Balls up one bunker shot, um, so uh, I'm going to stick with him um, because I think his game is uh, the rebuild is is clearly done and 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 his game is in the ascendance. So I'm going to st- I'm going to stick with him. He, he owes me nothing, as the old horse racing parlance goes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the my next my next pick is Adam Scott. He's currently at 45 to one with Star Sports. The man with the finest collection of tan sweaters in golf. <laughs> you know, have you ever seen so many tan, tan jumpers in your life? Um, but he is in great form. Uh, I mean, he's in, having a bit of an Indian summer, Adam Scott. I mean, he, he, he played really, really well at the Genesis. He's been in regular, you know, the top of the leaderboards in the last few weeks. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why he can't keep going at that sort of, um, at that clip. He's, I mean, He's got such a beautiful swing. He's far too handsome for my liking. He's far too good looking, um, and uh, but I I can't I can't not back the guy when he's at forty five to one in this field. He's his finishes in the last few years have been solid as well. He finished eleventh in two thousand and nineteen. He finished twelfth in two thousand and eighteen. 
So he knows how to get it done around here because it's a ball striker's course. And Adam Scott is a ball striker's delight. This guy is brilliant, and I think he's in really rude health. And I, I, I just, I just think he's a great, a great shout at forty-five to one. He won't put it this way. He'll, he'll give you a shout. He, he's not. I, I, I'd be stunned if this guy misses the cut. Um, and then uh, Sam Burns is my next pick. I got him at forty to one with Star Sports. He's trimmed in a little bit since then, but I, I got him at forty to one. Uh, Sam Burns is interesting. Is he, 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 he's actually vaulted. He's inside the world top twenty now, so he's vaulted inside the world top twenty. He's had a string of wins. He's had high placings. He actually sits second on the list for top four. To, for, sorry, for top ten finishes this year, he's had four top ten finishes this year, Matt. You know, um, so I, I think, you know, he, he's also, his name's peppered about the, the leaderboard with a host of um, other s- strong stat performances, such as shot, shots gained tee to green and greens in regulation. He's, he's up inside the top 20 in both. His putting is very strong. And I, I think at 40 to 1, I think Sam Burns offers really good value. What the key to Burns is, well, the, 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 the question mark is his is this driving. He he, he can he can tend to spray it a little bit, and you cannot do that at TPC Sawgrass. So I'm a bit worried about that. But the guy is money when it comes to um, top ten finishes, and uh, and there's only one guy better in top ten finishes than him than this year, and that's Scotty Scheffler. So you know that's saying something. And my last pick, I usually do four. I'll do five this week because it's the fifth major. I'm going to go Lee Hodges at 250 to one. It's a real speculator. I've, I've identified Hodges a few weeks ago. He got a nine the other week at um, uh, I, I, was it last week? He got a nine, and uh, so I mean, I don't you don't see many nines, but I don't care. I I I, I just he's a roughie. Uh, for for those who you like a speculator, or a bit of a wide exotic. I'm going uh, my wide exotic this week is Lee Hodges. Mark my words, this kid is good. And he will get there sooner or later. I'm just hoping that this money, it's the sooner rather than the later. Because uh, I, I like him. I, and because it's not an overly long course, and that, that doesn't put stress on his long game, he can concentrate on his positional game. And I think that's where Hodges is probably better suited. So I'm just going to put him out there as a loosener for anyone who really wants to chuck a couple of quid at a wild one. So mm-hmm. those are my picks. Very nice. Yeah, I like a couple of them. Um, a couple I got to my shortlist. Cam uh, being the main one. Um, I think he makes out really well for this course. It just does worry me a bit about his off the tee, but I guess similar um, to a couple of my picks, knowing they can go a bit wayward. But yeah, I think Cam's... I'm surprised he's a price he is. Mm, um, similar to some of mine. It's uh, based on if it was after the Tournament of Champions, for example, um, it would not be anywhere close to that long, would it? But I think because he's not played in a while, um, yeah, just not being there has meant we get a bit more juice. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him go really well. But 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 Matt, I think it speaks to what you said before about the Jock and Neiman thing and Cam. Let's look at these two, Jock and Neiman and Cam Smith. Okay, Cam Smith, I think he's had one one more win. But uh, would you think that he is a a, 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 a so much better golfer? What, what did you say, Jock and Neiman was forty to one, forty five, forty five to one, and Cam Smith twenty eight. I don't. I don't see the difference. Uh, I don't see that much pronounced difference is what I'm saying. So what I'm saying to you is I think the, the golf, uh, I guess the, the bookies and the, and the masses have kind of jumped onto Cam Smith because he's kind of more, I think people see him as the more, as a more likely champion than yeah. Joachim Neiman. And I don't actually personally think that's right, Matt. Yeah. It's that caricature effect though. I think isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Where... Cam, exactly. Cam's got the the mullet, and it's he's been like exactly. he's like a cartoon of himself, which is great, right? That's because yeah. he's planned and it's fantastic. Yeah. But what I think is that's something interesting to think about. It's almost like the bookies are are scared to push a couple of those names out any further. So people like Xander, for example, or DJ are enormous names, right? That yeah, bookies. The people who bet on golf, I think we're still a bit of a microcosm of those people. People will bet on golf who are maybe put less thought into it or don't think it through as much. They'll see names and prices and back based on that. So yes. I think sometimes the prices are propped up by those bigger names that aren't playing well, aren't playing well at all. But 
the bookies can't afford to put them out any further because the general public will will jump on that, and that could be a horrible uh, losing week. The speculation, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We get, we get bigger numbers on the the up and comers and the like I said, the less sexy golfers. Um, and yeah. we hope that works in our favour. And that's our job, or I think on on, on a show like this is to try and find that miss 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 misnomer. You know, I think, um, and I think you're right with Jochen Neiman. I think it's a misnomer. I think he doesn't fit the sexy profile. Uh, it's like the money ball, the baseball thing, the movie. You know, like uh, you know, some guys have a what they call a baseball body. Uh, they look great, great in a baseball uniform, and so they command better money. But some guys look slightly dumb in your baseball uniform and yet they can hit it out of the park. So I, I think, that, you know, they can make, you know, they can get on base more often. I think that Jochen Neiman hasn't quite reached that kind of status yet. And yet I think that he is as good as, as any of these in this field. So yeah, I think that, that you've got to try and unearth that kind of, that, that, that's a, that's a misparity in the market. And, and, and so, and so I'm saying that and I'm backing the guy that I think is misparity because, I just think, yeah, as you say, he makes out well for this course, and so he could he could go very well because he look. Let's be honest, he's a class player, but so is Jochen Neiman, is, is yeah. my point. And at forty five to one, I think it's great. Okay, yeah. I think we'll finish up now. Um, but I just want to finish on um, the very sad news of Shane Warne, uh, Matt. I thought I was absolutely fucking shocked about that. How did as a cricket, English cricket fan, how did you feel about that? Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, it was really strange. Um, my friend. Uh, well, a lad at work basically told me about it in the middle of the day, and yeah. it kind of knocked me a bit because yeah, I me guess, too. Uh, There's exactly the same thing that happened to me. It knocked me. It knocked me for sex, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, carry on. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it, it's one of those that, especially in cricket, a lot of the people who have passed, they haven't been in my direct frame of reference for watching cricket because I'm. I mean, I'm 31 now. I'm yeah. not old enough to really remember that. But but one. I mean, I think of, as an English cricket fan, um, he terrorised us for a while. I remember the, the amount of times I've watched the the Gatting ball is is just off the scale. And I think because he's been in commentary and he's been an enormous character, right? And not only that, he's probably the best bowler of all time. Like, yeah. it's he's such an enormous both character and influence on the sport. Um, and I just think it's it's sad, isn't it? I think I feel for his family, but you think about. It worries me, like, the troubles that he's had in his past and all that stuff. It, that's what immediately what I thought about. But, yeah, it's just, it, it's an incredibly sad thing. And one of the most surprising, unfortunately, deaths happen far too often, don't they? But it really surprised me to hear of him because he's, what, 52? 52, that's yeah, annoying. 52, yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, so as a New Zealander, you know, uh, you know, same sort of, you know, I'm a bit older than you, but so I, I, I have a bit more reference of Shane and his pomp and all that. But I mean, obviously that special kind of relationship between England and Australian cricket and the Ashes and all of that. But, but I, you know, I grew up watching Shane Warne, uh, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm 50 this year. So he's two years older than me. So he's basically my vintage. And I tell you, man, that guy was I mean, ridiculous. Uh, and what? And and if anyone's not watched the Shane Warne documentary, I think it's on. It's called Shane. It's on um, Netflix and it's on Amazon Prime Video. I would absolutely recommend you to watch it. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it's 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 and it's and all. He doesn't sort of shy away from. He's had a he had a lot of controversy in his life, um, but he's just a. What comes through from it is he's he was just a bloke. He you know he he, he was a bloke that you would you'd like to have a beer with, you know, he was just a really down to earth, funny um, guy, loved his life, um, enjoyed it and lived it to the full. Um, but he just happened to be able to be uh, able to spin the ball at right angles, you know, and, and was an absolute freak and took 700 test wickets, which is, I mean, he held the world record there for a while. Um, and he got beat, I think in the end, uh, Muller Rutherham, uh, you know, to, uh, and, and I still think Muller Rutherham was a chucker to be honest. So, I mean, I it's mean, the event arm at the top of that action, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was just, I just wanted to finish on that because it was, I was shocked. Uh, that was a big, that he is, look, you look at look, you, the king, you know, and, and his nickname was the king, you know, and I didn't know that. Like all the players like Ponting and Gilchrist and, and even um, uh, Andrew Strauss and, and Kevin Peterson, they all referred to him, you know, as RIP the king. You know, because yeah. he was the king of this of that sport, and and actually on the documentary it goes through. You know, he met Michael. They he did a shoe deal with Nike. He was rubbing shoulders with Michael Jordan. 
you know, uh, making, he designed his own cricket shoe. This guy, you know, there's Ali, there's Jordan. In cricket, there's Warren. Do you know? Yeah, definitely. He's on that level, isn't he? He is. He is on that level. And, and RIP Shane Warren. God bless you, mate. We, um, we loved your cricket. And um, yeah. So anyway, um, enjoy. Uh, you've got Middlesbrough. You've got uh, Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United tonight, Matt. Huge game. Absolutely huge game. Well, um, yeah, I, I wish you all the best for that. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, thanks to Star Sport. And we'll, uh, we'll go into the Players' Championship this week. And uh, good luck, everyone. Thanks, yeah, mate. Take care, mate. Good luck for the week. You too.